Good evening, good morrow, and good morning, everyone. My name is Mikhail Moonstrung, and I am excited, as always, to be here, but more excited for who I have in the studio today. I would like to welcome the very unique, the very well-hatted Blair Wilson, psychonaut agnostic, <laughs> the TikTok Masonic educator. How are you doing, brother? Doing all right, man. <laughs> doing all right. Thank you for thank you for coming. Thank you. I understand that with the five G going up everywhere, with the amount of oh, work yes. it takes to just sustain a household and a family, that being here is probably one of the last places you wanted to be, but we've stolen your time. So thank you, <laughs> thank you for being here. Now, for those of you who don't know, not psych and not agnostic, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, uh, I work in the mental health field as a qualified behavioral health care provider, which is a mouthful, I know. Um, essentially, I work with therapists and I work within the school system with kids from kindergarten to seniors. Wow. That, so that's got you. So that, that has to be a very interesting field right now. It is. It can be pretty tough from time to time, but it's rewarding as well. Well, I'm and glad I, that I have to give good night lovings to my child real quick. <laughs> no, no worries. That's most important. Mwah. Say hi. 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 Good night. Good night. <laughs> She's like, I. Why did I just get told good night by a random stranger? What is this, Dad? <laughs> oh, she doesn't meet strangers. <laughs> hey, fair, fair. Damn well. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is very into everybody. Yeah, so God, that my son has been the same way. He knows no stranger, no matter what we do. It's like, no, she's like, well, but I want to ask a question. Like, you can't do that. Yes, yes. There's social convention. <laughs> well, so with with being in that field and then looking at, you know, some of those core values within the fraternity, hope, charity, fraternity, what, let's talk about you and when you got involved with it, within the fraternity. When did you start? When were you passed, raised, and, and turned through those satanic? Oh, movies? it was 2015, I believe. 2015, 2016. Yeah, somewhere around there. And what inspired you to go into the fraternity? Well, I graduated high school in 2011, and I received the Masonic Scholarship from uh, my uh, high school science teacher is a Mason, and he's actually my current worshipful master. No and, shit. Yes, and he chose me to receive the scholarship. And after that, I was like, huh, why did I get a Masonic scholarship? And I still don't really know why he chose me, but he did. And from there, I, I thought about it. I researched it a little bit more because up until then, you know, I just knew the basics. You know, I watched History Channel. I knew the conspiracies. <laughs> Which there watched are so many films <laughs> national treasure things like that okay man and, national treasure got me real i i straight up i like i hate to admit it but i was i was one of the like i was when i started within the fraternity I was like when do i get my like my, my binoculars and my codex cycle reading like yeah that was me <laughs> and uh while i was in college uh one of my high school friends we were having a little party getting together having a good time and he had a masonic ring on and I was like, hey, you're a Mason? He's like, yeah. Uh, I talked to Stacy Rawls, you know, our, our uh, worshipful master up there. He's he's the science teacher. You know him? I'm like, yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, I was like, well, I'm 
I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to do it. And I asked him the questions. I popped the question. and The big old question. Yeah, and went on from there. Well, man, that's incredible. Especially, especially you actually, this is cool. So I, this is my favorite question to ask Masons in general is, you know, how, what brought you in? And to hear a different story, I, to be honest, I don't, I always, I've known about the Masonic scholarship. I know that every Grand Lodge effectively has a very similar program, and, but yet I'd never known anybody to receive it. So yeah. what it, that's, that's awesome, especially to see like, so you're an actual recipient before being within the fraternity of that initial foundational principle of charity. So when you, when you looked at that and you began within the fraternity, let's talk about some of those initial foundational moments. What was the first, obviously we know the first agreement. We know some of these officials, but what was your perception? How were, what were some of the conceptions that you had in the beginning? Did, were they, what did you encounter after you started within? I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, because I only knew the conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And of course they did the usual jokes about the goat. I heard the goat jokes, and uh, they told me to wear a fresh pair of underwear. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> At least they set the expectation. I mean. Yes, yes. They had the good-natured ribbing. I feel like that's at the heart of you know a lot of again engagements is you need a little bit of fear, but you also need lots of humor. You need lots of yes. laughter. You need lots of lots of engagement. Did you ever feel like you ran into any walls? You know, any parts that you were you know you were ner- were you nervous when you started? Absolutely, <laughs> very nervous, especially from the first moments. You you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the hell. man who did the man who did my EA, he was very loud and boisterous, very theatric with it. It was very solemn and like a vocal here. Yes, yes. So let's talk about how you you've evolved. So 2015-16, that was about when I was graduating high school. When that I mean, that's we'll we'll, we'll just we'll pass up. But yeah, yeah, no, actually 2015, (laughs) I started uh, I joined the lodge in 2018, end of 2019, if I can recall, maybe one of those places. Uh it's been a bit. I've I've had two kids since then, so it's a yeah, brain cells, depreciating. But yes. when you moved into that, what's driven you into TikTok and educating in particular on TikTok or, you know, showing that badge? I know that that's not the entirety of your channel, but you are. Right. You know, yes. Many people know you when they when they first searched Freemason. Why there? Uh, so I started TikTok when the quarantine first hit last year. Mm-hmm. Or has it been longer than Oh my God, I can't even remember. It's all a blur. I mean, it started but, uh, at first turn. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. It COVID hit and I got laid off from my job. Mm. So I had nothing to do. I I was, I had to do something with my time, you know? Right. And I found TikTok. I'm like, you know what? This is, I put it off for a while because I'm like, oh, it's just a teenage girl app, right? I mean, it's just, that's all it is. I mean, I thought I had the same thing. Say, I thought the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. And I, I started out doing movie reviews and just random shit, you know. And eventually I'm like, you know what? I wonder if there's any brothers on this app. So I made a few Freemason TikToks, and mostly I got hit with the conspiracies. People came out of the woodwork just to hate and bash, you know. And then I started to go into the debunking stuff. And there were a few brothers at that time, but not many. 
and then it just kind of blew up. I'll admit you like I remember when you hopped on my I was I was doing a Masonic live and there were there were it was I was just or Masonic live I was doodling uh, some Masonic artwork or something and 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 you and brother brother Tyler Harper Crates you guys came on yes. and we started this dialogue this conversation I was like holy shit they're 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 out there yeah. I'm not alone <laughs> and then it started just in general a conversation I'm like this is the coolest shit I've experienced it's it's like my lodge outside of my lodge and i get to be a traveling man from home like i mean this this has been the coolest shit you thrilled the hell out of me like i know that name it wasn't just some random like music because it's like that's the dude who i subscribed like like yeah it was big i mean you i mean in my world even still currently you're very much a celebrity now especially I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna break into what I what I like, especially for those viewers, uh, longer time viewers of this channel. I love the esoteric. I love the spiritual. I love oh, the yes. religious and the magical. I am profound, active uh, pagan practitioner, ritualistic, and blah blah blah. But you, my good buddy, you have been doing a few series lately that have been on some of the more non-canonical tales, and as well, yes, this shit's <laughs> awesome. What it what's what's called what's called you to to to, to take in this tangent. Well, uh, you know, I was raised up Southern Baptist. I was very closed off. My parents were very conservative. I was just, I was one of those kind of bigoted people I was. And then I started college and I took some world religion classes. Mm -hmm. And I took some philosophy classes. And that just opened my mind up. And I'm like, wait, this is not the only way to view the world. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily right about all of this stuff. And then I joined the lodge and started digging into Freemasonry more. And that also broadened my horizons. And I'm like, you know what? Forget this bigoted hate stuff. I'm, I'm going to love everyone, no matter what they believe, what their politics are, forget it all. I like that. I mean, that's definitely very much within the fraternities kind of like teachings, right? You know, so we, we yeah. don't bring politics, we don't bring religion, you focus on the core of who an individual is. So when you started, and then I've seen, I've seen conspiracy Carl's video, he broke into the inner sanctum, yes. he violated it. And in he such did. place, I glimpsed at your lovely bookshelf. And I saw some of those things that were blasphemous texts. And mm -hmm. so that definitely sets me on a, on a certain space. You know, I, you know there's, yeah, I could tell you that you've done some research on not only Kabbalah, original Jewish language and etymology of words, but as well as tarot. And all of these places, you know, how would you describe your experience with them? Uh, I'm very novice. I mean, to be honest, I, I love it. It's very rich in history and symbolism, and I eat that stuff up. But I am by no means an expert. When you look at Freemasonry in particular, now as the research goes, because I love that, that that's where a lot of kind of that expansive thought goes, or you know, is stimulated from. You talk about the second degree, those initial foundational teachings. You talk about the things we're encouraged to go through and to do, to look at the world with. And then you take what is a very symbolic and religious system that the individual develops. How has Freemasonry shifted or shaped your individual truth, your unique path? Not the one that sticks under any title other than you. It's just inspired me to keep seeking knowledge and to never, never go, well, okay, I know it all now. Because I don't think I'll ever reach that, so just keep learning. I like that. I like that a lot. 
Okay, so you've been now a Freemason through what I would call some of probably the most volatile times within the last 50 years. I, 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 could, I would stretch back a little bit further, but we enter into some deeply social controversial times, so I'm not going to worry about that. Last, last 50 years or so, the Freemasonry was really on a bit of a decline and, and, a, and a dip down. When you look at the fraternity now, how do you see it going and expect it to go in the next five, 10 years? I see it picking up some steam. Honestly, I mean, when I first joined, I mean, there's still not a whole lot of people in my lodge. It's mm -hmm. a small country lodge, but we have. What is your I lodge? Joined. I meant to ask that. That's 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 base. Oh. Why did I not check that? Well, who is your lodge? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's Holland Lodge number one five eight in Quitman, Arkansas. Yeah. Let me write that down. Yeah, out here in the sticks. I mean, it is country. I mean, hey, I'm from Neosha, Missouri. Uh, now, not yeah, currently. Yeah. We're resting in Colorado, but I mean. I am familiar with it. I got you. Yeah, my, my brother lives in Springfield, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, yeah, they're yes. very we, – we from familiar stomping grounds, good sir. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. indeed. Oh, so I apologize. I mean, I didn't mean to, oh. to interrupt. Going back to the fraternity in the next 10 years, building and evolving. Oh, right. Uh, I've when seen you... it picking up steam. I mean, there's people always asking questions to all these brothers on TikTok. And I'm like, hey, people are interested. It's just that the fraternity has been so secretive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's turned some people off. Yeah. But when we actually get out there and be like, hey, this is who we are, this people start do. asking questions. Yeah. So what, what kind of Mason are you? And I say that because when you say, you know, this is who we are, a lot of people have very different, you know, they're, they're different kinds of Masons. They're different. They have different True. views that they, that they involve. But really, when you look at you and your story, how have you taken to living the fraternity how do you how do you share that very esoteric minded that's that's my kind of jam when you look at that in the do you within your lodge and with other spaces do you ever feel like you run into this let me hang on let me ask not a like loaded question have you ever experienced any resistance um to some of those esoteric or maybe extended thoughts that that come out in research not really um like my lodge, uh, we don't have, we don't even have an educational officer. We don't have Masonic education at my lodge. But I brought it up at the last day that I'm like, hey, can we get some education in here? Can and my stuff? lodge was like, yeah, take it, do it, do it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. You know what? That if that is not, if that doesn't like typify what I would say is like a worshipful's response. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. That's a great idea. I second yeah. that. Yeah. You know, take the charge. How have you taken up that charge within your lodge? I haven't yet. I am currently working on it. Uh, I'm working with another brother right now who is also esoteric minded. And we're trying to come up with like a first lesson right now. Like, what are we going to start with? We've been batting around some ideas. I would like to, if it's again at, at your leisure, I, I put it up on TikTok there a bit back. We didn't get a whole lot of traction. Um, however, I've got a, I have a, a, a newsletter. I'll send it to you for free because I never was supposed to be just charitable, but I can definitely see that you're active and charitable enough to take on the charge of being an a lodge education officer, yes. even voluntarily. Like you are a glutton for punish, my good sir. But yes, <laughs> this is the right kind of masochism we want. You know, we, we want that level of self abuse. Um, and anyway, and it's just, it's just, I literally took with a quill and uh, I, I just scribbled varying Masonic things 
that hopefully if I, I'd like to share that with you just for one, get your feedback, but two, if it could contribute or help to anything, that would be awesome. Will do. Yeah, for sure. So next question coming into the realm of the future, what do you think we're going to run into on a resistance level? Ooh, I have also been noticing anti-Masonic sentiments popping up everywhere. I frequent Reddit mm-hmm. and I look at the conspiracy subreddit and Mason, 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 Mason. The Masons are, uh, they're, they're behind COVID or Masons are going to force us all to get the vaccine. All kinds of things. So, and then the Vancouver Lodge is burning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I mean, being in a small town, we don't have to worry about it as much. Mm-hmm. But I worry about my brothers in like these bigger lodges, bigger cities. Especially even in when you look at some of the international lodges where we've got so much volatility. We have so much rapid change in our worlds. Well, then what, what defenses do you think the fraternity has against misinformation and against the, the, against the rise of conspiracies? It's something we've dealt with since our beginning. But what do you think we can use or what can we as individual Masons do to defend against that? I think the best thing we can do is be more accessible, a little more open. Now, of course, we keep our landmarks, we keep our secrets that we need to keep. Right. But everything else, I think we need to open our doors a bit more. I like so that, that people know, hey, there's nothing going on here. It's mm-hmm. good. When you start on an individual level, because when I began within the fraternity, it was really hard for me to, to know what do I say and what, what, what do I not say. And obviously, you know, again, to all those watching, neither one of us speak for any Grand Lodge or our lodge. No. We, this is a conversation. This is a fraternal chat. Um, but what, what can we – I lost my train of thought. I hate when that happens. Um, when we're looking at – Oh God! I just—it was a good question. I swear, it was. What were we just talking about? What was that? Thing? Um, I believe you were going to go somewhere with the secrets and how open. Bless you, bless you, good sir. <laughs> I'm going to just blame that on the color of my hair. No, um. So how do how do I know? How do I know as a Mason for those other Masons that are watching? You know, especially even older ones, younger ones. How do I know what I can say and I can't say? Or what, what do you think would be a good place for me to start in understanding? I have ran into that myself, and really, I did a Reddit post, and I did a TikTok post, and I just kind of gauged the room. I'm like, hey, what do most brothers say? Mm-hmm. And I got a pretty consistent answer that parts of the ritual, anything that's not written down, uh, modes of recognition, things like that, mm-hmm. are to be kept secret. I mean, and of course, that varies. From jurisdiction to jurisdiction. That's right. I mean, there's yeah. some lodges that are more secretive than I would be. I know that's actually I found it really interesting at times. There were things that when I started within the fraternity, I found what I would say blatantly spoken about on TikTok or on social media. And I was like, well, well, shit. I really thought. I mean, at least I had I had an idea that that was maybe secretive, maybe that that fell within the parts points. You know, like you yeah. said, but I, I don't. It's, it's, it's something that I regularly struggle with. I've heard some people say, you know, well, if it's in, if it's in plain English, then not, not yeah. diddle we could really do about it. So, you know, it's not ciphered. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. The master of my lodge, like he, he told me that anything written, you can share with anybody. 
and like we we get these pamphlets after each degree that has information in it yeah yeah and, and like mine has the working tools in it and i did a couple of videos early on of the working tools mm-hmm. and i had brothers coming at me like no secret you're breaking your obligation i'm like no this is written in this pamphlet here and my worshipful master said anything in this book you can share with anybody and i'm they're like no that that's not taught in my lodge that's not how it is here that's a really so how do you find how do you feel like we we find eminent eminent no amity how do you feel like we find amity in dealing with some of these differences because don't get me wrong i'm a part of several like masonic facebook groups this is one of the least Masonic places at times. Holy yeah. worshipful master. Like, yes. You, 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 it's like we're talking about some on mail. I'm like, go ahead. Give me your lodge number, brother. I need to have a conversation with your secretary. <laughs> yes. Like, how do you feel like we find Amity? I don't know that we do. I mean, we can speak our piece, and that's about all we can do. They can either disagree with us or not. They, they might agree. They might not. That's fine. Or that, that's fine. That's fair. That's I mean, fine. if you're not a grandmaster or something, you can't, you know. <laughs> you can't very well change it. You know, that's, I'll definitely admit, like, when it comes to some of the politics which can move through, because it does exist, whether we like it or not. Politics are everywhere. They exist where people gather. And there are politics within the Grand Lodge. You know, there are things that, that definitely, especially with some of, there are some states that they're very bound by what I would call archaic process. And they have yet to change. They have yet to move to things that I'm like, that's impressive. Yeah, I, I often think that way when it comes to uh, Prince Hall and, uh, you know, Masons who are a part of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's nothing that says, you know, if you're gay, you can't be a Mason. That's not in there. But then again... So yeah, I'm let's not... actually let's tackle that question. And I love that you 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 gave me the opportunity to dip into some lovely controversial waters. Yes. So because these are these are ones that I like when I started. I'm like, okay, well, I have my own opinions about it. But with this evolving with this evolving cultural shift and generation of you know you really are who you who you choose to be, who you create. You are this persona and identity. When it comes to the lodge, which is bound on on a certain level outward perspective you know we are all builders and the idea is to be able to create harmony structure and this is done by looking and analyzing what we can observe detect hear, and measure for each stone that comes into that place that, that could be met as an archive how do you think that's going to you know how do you think the fraternity is going to deal with that when it comes to people who have decided things that other brethren and other spaces at one point in time could objectively say yay or nay about I think it will progress slowly but surely I mean Mm -hmm. things have continued to change Um, for instance uh, the United Grand Lodge of England just recently during Pride Month they posted that they supported really I wasn't aware of that that's awesome their Facebook page Fuck yeah. That's fantastic. Comment section though. There's the other side of the coin, right? You know, like there's there's one side of like, yeah, and then it's like look at the look at everybody. That's that's really interesting. Okay, now I need now I've got a whole ass other Google I need to go check out. So thank you for that. Oh that's okay. So let's let's roll it to you know your home lodge. 
how do you think your laws would receive it? If a, if a let's just say a, um, a trans individual came in, and we're obviously we're going to make the assumptions as they are, you know, where this is this is all operating on upon the base foundational principles of fraternity. We are not assuming anything. We're just under a hypothetical. But if an individual who chose and identified in their own space to be male and man, and they approached your lodge in such a space, do you think they would be met with any kind of resistance? Absolutely. I mean, there are a couple of brothers in lodge who would probably be open to it, mm-hmm. but their voices might get drowned out. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain level where it definitely pulls back to some of our precepts around Cowans or eavesdroppers and those original precepts that we have established, you know, you must be a male, you must be able-bodied, you know, you have a good, you be able to support your family, no felonies, blah, blah, blah. The things, you know, which constitute the qual- you know, requirements of a Mason. I've had a lot of brethren be like, well, you know, it, it inherently violates some of those original law or not law. Con- there's a word that I can't remember. It's not, it's not landmarks, but just, I guess I would say ancient ideology prescribed to very revolutionary times. So it's, you know, it's, it's a hard question. Do you think that's something that when it comes to people who are very interested in the fraternity, do you think that's something that, that, that what would you advise them to do? Let's start there. They've been Open, met with yeah. resistance or. I think there should be a dialogue before deciding anything. There should be a discussion, uh, Brothers who are dissenting opinions should voice their opinions and say why they feel this way and come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the answer to that lies? The answer to that in that, that inherent question, when you look at the fraternity, do you believe that it's the answer to that is bound between, you know, things that have been written or do you think that that it will be found in things that are to be written? I'm of the mind that changes usually good mm-hmm. um i mean there's a lot of brothers who are very steadfast in no this is our history this is how it's written it can't change but it can it has been numerous times i mean if you look back at the degrees even there were only two <laughs> and then the master degree was added and then you, you gotta be careful again. people freak out about that one a lot of <laughs> i've got some people yes. who are like what do you mean yeah it can change and has, and it will continue to do so, just like the Constitution. It can be amended. Amen. Amen to that. So speaking of amendments, do you look at the fraternity and see that there's any immediate amendments that you would make? You were the one most high goat. Ooh, if I was the high goat, what would I do? Uh, Prince Hall recognition would be up there. Um, I am in a jurisdiction that does not recognize Prince Hall. That is one such of the a few. Thing. That is such a I know. I, know. I think New Mexico it's is like that too. Now. It's almost universal. But there are holdouts. Where do you think that emanates from? I mean, I'm just going to be honest because like, I always think that's really funny when you have certain moral questions with a, like, a, fratern- with a fraternal member who's bound in the same moral and scholar, like how are we having certain conversations? How are we like, like what? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to one of those powwows, you know, where they discuss those things. So I don't know exactly how it goes or how, how the tides turn. 
do you think, how do you think we could start that change, right? You know, each one of us is a brethren. Each one of us has a voice and bears the same badge of honor, regardless of jurisdiction, regardless of place. We are bound by one, a common and collective voice, which is fraternity, hope, and charity. When we, when we, when we look at this, how do you, how would you suggest, or how do you think we, we cause a change? Conversation is key. Conversation is key. What about that? I mean, you're not going to force someone to change their mind. No. But you may persuade them with good arguments and evidence. I think we should focus on those two points you just made there, right? Conspiracy Carl, my my main master venom. These are these are two things. When it comes to conversation and dialogue, especially on the TikToks, on the internet, evidence. What was the other thing you said? Oh, conversation. Communication. Communication. Yes. Yeah, bingo. That one. Okay. So let's talk then when we talk, when we're, you know, evolving change and within the fraternity, within these individual places and spaces, the three degrees are what I would say some would find limited. There's a lot of places where the Blue Lodge does not get the focus or recognition that in, that I personally, I definitely feel like it deserves. There's so much in it, like everything else, the appendant bodies. If you were talking to yourself back in your first degree, you rolled back to that point, you were, you know, you were your own guide. What would you give to you to, to highlight the, okay, what would you give to you? Let's start, let's just start there. What would you tell yourself? Like, what would I do differently, perhaps, or? Yeah, I mean, in this space, like, if, if, if you had the opportunity to go back in time and give to yourself a word of advice, one way or the other, about the fraternity, about things you would engage coming to this point in your life, what would you say? Hmm. I don't know if I would change anything. Yeah? Because, I mean, I, I did enough research that I knew that I shouldn't be rushing into things. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of brothers who say, I rushed into this. I joined like three appendant bodies at once, and <laughs> and I regret that, and I wish I hadn't done it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spend some years in Blue Lodge, go through the chairs, and then I'll think about appendant bodies. Have you currently gone through the chairs at all? Or not gone through? Like, are you currently sitting in any chair? Yes, I'm junior deacon right now. Um, so when I first started... I was regular, and then I had to drop out for like two years because I had a night job. Mm-hmm. It so, happens inevitably, like yeah. So we do we do the pro- progression thing. So I was kind of knocked out of rotation, so I'm back at junior deacon. So I, I've served as junior deacon and chaplain. Oh wow, that's interesting. So you started as chaplain. Yeah. What they say, because that in my lodge, they're like, you don't get to be chaplain until you basically you've done everything. Then you get to be the big boy. Like that's chaplain sits. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny. I, I, but I feel it. I like that. I, I mean, I like that there's, that there's, you know, apparently this revolving difference. There's this interesting. Goodness gracious. New back bone. Shame. Oh, shame. So, let me roll through my questions, make sure we tap onto the big ones here. So let's talk about you, all right, Blair, not Brother Blair Wilson, not just the individual. In your life and your goals and your aspirations, you've got three wishes from the genie by which, you know, usual genie rules apply. What do you do with hmm. that? Hmm. Hmm. 
agree with. Okay. Knowledge. Comfort. World peace. <laughs> as corny as that sounds. All right. As All right. Cliche, Miss America <laughs> over here. <laughs> you know what, Boo? It works, and I'm about it. But let's talk about that third one. Because I feel the first two infinitely and immensely. But let's talk about world peace. What does that look like to you? What does world peace mean? Ah, uh, John Lennon's vision, man. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's achievable. It's one of those unrealistic goals. Because there's always going to be differences between people. And it's always going to cause a fight. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some, you know, we're world benders here, right? We, you know, we're a part of a fraternity, which apparently, according to the Confederate is a part of the highest order of control. So, uh, you know, you've got all the levers, my good sir, even the wrong ones, Kronk. Which ones would you pull, presuming you could force change? Obviously, the Thanos approach is not necessarily what we're going for, but... What does your perfect world look like in the, in the sense that you know, if it is, what is world peace? Your genie's granted your wish. What is the world that you've woken up to look like? What? <laughs> amen. That was a good ass answer. I, amen. How, I'm from Colorado. That was, that was the right, right answer. Yeah, apparently. So. That is my partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is the great behind the good. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I would say I don't want no, you know, new world order where everyone's the same. I don't want that. I don't want that. I would not. I would not be like, oh, one religion, one political party. No. I would say just cherish your differences and live in peace, coexist. Mm-hmm. I would not. I don't want a bland black and white, you know. What are the punishable offenses of this world? Or is it just one whereby we've facilitated mental manipulation? Everybody is just good. It's utopian. Or is this one that, you know, in this world, is it bound by a certain level? Like, how would you punish the wrongdoers? And again, in this all purely hypothetical, what obligations do you bind them to? That is a tough question, my friend. Huh. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Harming others in any way would be punishable. But punishable how? If you punish them with murder or torture, you are breaking the rules yourself. So hmm, perhaps just removed from society in some way until they change their ways. All right. So effectively, it becomes it's like a forced personal journey, so to speak. You know, like yeah, you get to think about yeah. it. How long until yeah. you figure it the fuck out? Give them a doobie and let them stew on it. <laughs> you think about it. You really mad, bro? Yeah. Like really? Just... <sighs> chill. Take a chill pill, man. Welcome to You're doing wrong things. Absolutely. Okay, so speaking speaking of the doobies, speaking of, of, of the particular place, what's your experience with marijuana or weed and its view within Freemason's eyes? This is actually a question I had earlier, or not a question, like it came to my mind. I was like, you know, I've never thought about this because I've drank at Lodge, I've smoked at Lodge, 
in regards to, you know, you're in, you're having fraternal communion, you're engaged in this blood space. Um, Arkansas, I don't believe it's regularly legal. It's medically, right? Yeah, it's medically legal. Yeah. Okay. Well, but yeah, just in general, if you, if you don't mind me, don't mind me. I have no problem with it. I don't see it as like a moral issue. I really don't. Uh, and I've never seen weed in particular as like this boogeyman drug. No devil's I mean, lettuce for you? Yes, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, the statistics don't lie. The science doesn't lie that alcohol is like 10 times worse. Nicotine, oh, just there are so many worse things you could do. Amen. Amen. So, so you're at lodge, right? And again, we're under the presumption we're in the imaginary state of Arkansas, um, and uh, you're, you know, it's legal there. You've got a brother who sparks up at lodge outside. Would that bring up any issue? Would that being of any space where you feel like? How do you feel like your other brethren in lodge would respond to that? I don't believe they'd care, honestly. Yeah. As conservative as a lot of them are, I don't think they would mind weed. I mean, the tides are changing. Like that. well, this is this is comforting news to me. As as a Colorado resident, that's you know I mean uh -huh. that's all I will say. <laughs> that time to have a cough, but I suppose it also fits well. All right, now let's do and delve into what I would say is is the current standing and resting point for you. What do you want to do in the future when it comes to your dreams, your visions, not just for the fraternity, but for you personally? For your life, what are the things that, you know, if we were to look at not just this channel, how could we support you? How could your TikTok digital family find and support you? I mean, I would like to eventually go back and get my master's. Yeah. That's what's the, the what's your, uh, for, there's a thing there, the degree, you know, in, in what? Uh, psychology. Ooh. Yes. To become a therapist, get licensed. When you take your, when you take the purpose and aspect of therapy on an individual level, what's a change that we can personally make to incorporate, you know, to get to a better mental health? Because mental health matters. That's, that is a, I think, one of the lead contributors to a lot of problems in our country and our world. What's something that I or any individual could do to help improve their mental health? Break the stigma, for one. <laughs> Have empathy for each other. Uh, recognize that mental health is a real thing. It's not something you can just like snap your fingers and get over. So education is key, educating the public on what mental illness means. I think that's the first step. What does mental illness mean? Huh. A whole host of things. <laughs> A chemical imbalance in the brain, trauma. It depends. If I, if I felt like I was starting to, you know, fall, tumble or, or roll into that place, what what should I do? What's the first thing that I should do to, to recognize that? Uh, seek help. Uh, first of all, I would recommend that you start talking with family and friends to comfort you in your time of need, and then look for a therapist. Find some way you can get that help, because there are some things that you can say to a therapist who is disconnected from you that you can't say to your friends and family. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really true. All right. So, you know, playing the patient, so to speak, I am absolutely petrified. You know, we've got a lot of our audience on TikTok, our audience on YouTube in general, our audience as content creators on any level is going to be an evolving amount of younger and younger people who are becoming you know, exposed and immersed to a new world. 
I'm afraid to go to my family with these issues, and I don't have the money to to get to get therapy to do these things. What should I do then? It gets sticky there. Uh, there are a lot of good resources at your local library online that you can use. Now it's not 100%, it's not foolproof. I mean, you can find a lot of misinformation out there, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if you have nothing else, that's that's gonna be your last hope. If you can't afford a therapist, if you can't talk to your friends, family, that's what you have. Or online community. That's true. We, there's a lot of power to be able to cling into that. I mean, hell, we're here right now, online yes. in the digital, getting to have a conversation, a brother across the country. We're getting to have an incredible conversation. So I think that's that that defines it well. Remember, you're never alone. I think that that is encapsulated well. Get help. Ask questions. Don't don't let don't let the world get too dark. And whatever you're going through, someone else has experienced it. Holy shit, is that not true? If 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 TikTok has told me anything, it's that I'm not yeah. that special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> including my suffering. Nothing including my suffering. You're 100% correct. All right, boy. Let's do this. Let's let's play a game. I like this one. You have, have woken up in a fictitious world, entirely fictitious. But you are positioned amongst the top. You've woken up on the Mount Olympus, on the proverbial Garden of the Gods. You are not mortal. You are not man. But you are one of those who's been entrusted to guard, to guide, to lead, to do something for the collective around you. Who are you and what do you do for humanity? Ooh. Okay, I'm not a man, I'm not God, but I have some kind of supernatural powers. Yes, you could be, if you want to be an angel, want to be a demon, you want to look at it as you are a demigod, you are one of the gods, if we're, if we're operating under a particular pantheon of paganistic belief. Or if under the motto, you are one of the servants, you are one of the seraphim, one of the Gregori, whoever you may be called, okay. whatever your life paints you to be. What's your story tell? Who are you? If I could wave a magic wand, I think the single thing that could help the most would be to somehow give everyone the same level of empathy. Because at least then you could understand where your neighbor is coming from when they believe differently you can empathize and be like oh well i understand why you feel that way and so i'm not going to harm you i'm not going to talk crap about you because i see where you are i see where you've been and i understand so flair wilson is the angel of empathy bringer and carrier of a universal emotion a universal compassion to all of the residents and citizens denizens of this Unfortunately, fictitious world that we live in, but one that we're building, that we're creating actively in this live D&D game we call life. Yeah. What's your tool? What is in your hand? How do you achieve this work? Oh, man. What is in my hand? A book. Good answer. Now, Damn, book, good answer. <laughs> a book of some kind. Knowledge is power. Book of law. Book of the book. It's the book. La Libra. Yes. La Biblioteca. That's not it, but... 
I like that. That's a good answer. That's a good. All right. So you've just left your divine place of residence. Where's the first place you go to our world right now? Hmm. A nice, quiet, secluded place. <laughs> He's like nowhere, somewhere I don't have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I've been dealing with the people. I'm going to go to a nice little enclave. Perhaps it's a library, even Beauty and the <gasps> Beast style. That big Beauty library. Rebecca. The, the library of Alexandria. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful place. Yes, yes. What a beautiful place. What do you feel, who do you feel will be your great, your antithesis? You know, your, your, your shadow in this, in this fictitious world. Who will be there at your every step to either be one ahead or one behind, but always there? Hmm. Like my arch nemesis. Your arch nemesis, yes. We must all have them. Conspiracy Carl to some. Greed. Ooh, another A plus question. Answer. Who does greed look like? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just get... I, I get that comic book villain with the monocle and the money bags, like the Monopoly guy. Hell yeah, capitalism. Welcome to America. The land of the it's mine. All for me and none for you. Oh, good, good answers, psychonautic Gnostic. I can tell <laughs> that you're doing very well with being put on the spot. This is fantastic. This feeds my head cannon beautifully. And what's your weakness? Every great hero has one. Every divinity, <laughs> a cripple. You know, this, this, this linchpin. What's yours? Weakness to empathy. Oh, man. Oh, that's the hardest one yet. Hmm. You've stumped me. Maybe it's good that those viewers don't know the weakness to our superpower. No, there is no kryptonite. There's none. <laughs> It does not exist. Uh, well, hmm. my own humanity, in general. Mm. The, 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 the double side of empathy is that you must feel. That sucks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Ooh, I like that, though. I like that. Because, I don't know, we can't be perfect. We can't. Mm -hmm. Like, as much as I'd want to be this demigod, who can affect change like this. I can't be. Never will. Only while you hold the book. But if you hold the book, how can you hold what's good and close to you? That's the only answer. Very good. Yeah. Interesting. I have a whole ass visualization of some cool comics I want to do. I've got, I've got some TikTok artists out here that I'm going to bring up. We're going to write this Masonic TikTok Lodge number one comic. I think it's going to be exciting. Oh, this would be cool. This is, these are really good answers. These are really good answers, and I'm trying to figure out if I can, if I can take it a step further. But I don't Probably know. can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. You can, always go you can always go deeper. Well, what does deeper to you look like when it comes to the fraternity, when it comes to the individual? You know, I'm, not, I'm less worried about Freemasonry, and I'm more looking at you. When it comes to deeper, when you've asked questions in your life, when you've had experiences, what has led you deeper into them? 
in a world of very shallow sensory stimulation and instant gratification. What has led you deeper into yourself? Speaking to others with differences of culture and experiences than I have had. Because mm. you don't want to be stuck in an echo chamber. Mm. I mean, you don't. To me, I, I like the sound of my own voice enough to have a podcast <laughs> and interview people, but yeah. not enough to for that to be my music. I don't like that. Because you can't have empathy for others unless you learn about them. Running back to our superhero, what made him the way he is? How did he become this guardian and keeper of emotion, of empathy and compassion? Why did God, all, the divinity, the big G, why did he choose him? Because humankind couldn't do it on their own. That's three A's. You're out. You're stuck in out. That's too good. Three, 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 two good of answers. <laughs> Damn. We can't do it on our own. We need help. And I think that's, I think that's really true. Especially about right now in our world, I think I think for a great many people, it's that we do need help. Maybe our egos have inflated just a little bit, just just enough to to, to lend us into arrogance versus you know confidence. Subdue those passions. Well said. Well said. I am enjoying this. Subdue those passions. Surround yourself with that which is impermanent. No, permanent. Can't get my get my words out. <laughs> Surround yourself with this. I start out all dramatic. Start out all dramatic. I would be so great if I could edit this shit appropriately. But no, I like it better in the raw, in the unfiltered. So fuck it, whatever. <laughs> a second out agnostic. I'm gonna offer offer you a rare chance and opportunity. Not one that I would I would ask you to you know d- d- be kind. Do you have any questions for me? Hmm. Questions for you. I invited you here, so I'm putting you on the spot. Once okay. You, right. you don't have to. So what is your unique flavor of religion? Ooh. I'm a practitioner I've been of... curious. Because That's... I see the videos, and I'm like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you know exactly what he believes, just because <laughs> you see some videos. That's a good question. That's a really good question. So Maya, I had a... a a woman in my life whose name was Brenda, or who, who is, or she still is, I could get to say that, um, who is Garnet Earthenweed. Um, she was a, a crone, uh, a keeper of the shadows. She's just, you know, she's like my mom. You know, she, she took care of me at a time that you know, I was really, I really needed it. And she, she taught me, it helped me to see the power in living for me. And it's not living for me, but living for like my highest ideal or goal. And so the core, the phrase that I coined was Brendaism, and inherently it's you know it's like you could just put take your name and throw ism on the end of it. It's youism. It's and in this case Brenda is her name. Brendaism emanates from this idea that your faith is what works best with you. I would say I'm an eclectic witch, but there are parts of my practice which really emanate from my monotheistic 
upbringing in Christianity. So I, I mean, a witch may not necessarily, you know, that name may not work for people. But what does work for me is I'm, I'm a meist. I believe that the best that I can do is try to try to understand, but, but that understanding can only emanate from me and the experiences that I have. Now, inherently, that means I, I seek experience. I definitely, I try to go into the shit of it. You know, I want to ask questions that make people think. I want to experience things that make me think. Um, I'm a long time, over a decade now, of practice in varying pagan rituals, in varying systems of um, psychoactive transformation, all of which to done to you know, increase experience. And inside that, I've got three children. So I am an exhausted father um, and yes. a proud husband. <laughs> These are things that, for most people, you could relate to drugs. God, exhaustion and delirium are things that will, they'll put shit in perspective for you. Being a dad, as you well know, absolutely, it's the fucking world. And there is nothing greater, there is no greater purpose than to be a father. And this is for me, for you. I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I, I would assume because of, yeah. of, of my space that there's nothing greater. So yeah, I think so, and yeah. that would be, that'd be, that'd be what I am. Yes. All right. Well, bless you. It. That was a good question. You I stoked my ego nicely. Good friend. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. All right, now let's. I've got a question for Conspiracy Carl. Carl, oh, a little bit of a DID. So, when we look at conspiracies, when we look at some of the most radical shit out there, what is the weirdest shit you've heard? What are the weirdest shit you've seen? Anything that somebody's given to you that you haven't been able to dispute or refute? Conspiracy Carl, what's your deal? Oh, well, you know, all them. Uh, Freemasons, they drink the blood of babies. Only on Wednesdays. Oh, no, no, no. Thursdays, too. Thursdays, too. I've seen it. Thursday, Thursdays. Seen it. Seen it. Well, seen it. We don't have windows in large. Oh, this one did. I swear it did. It must have been the Windows operating system of your digital nightmare. What are you talking about? Mm. Does the adrenochrome taste delicious? It tastes better when you're riding on top of the goat. Some adrenochrome with a nice Chianti. Oh. Bravo. Hey, actually, that segues well. You, my good sir, are a lover of theater. How yes. is your, when, um, how did your, because I believe did your tickets already go off for your, the 11, the 11 stories? They did, I, yes. They, I, are, they are finished. So have you have you has that gone off yet has it has it has it how did yes, it go it, if it did it has ran oh exciting what was how, how was the turnout how did that pan and likewise what are the future goals for the theater not a very good turnout <laughs> that's unfortunate i'm sorry but we had a good time and that's the main thing i mean community theater doesn't really make you know it's not about making money in general yeah. it's just it's for it's, the love of theater. It's for the love of theater. For the love of theater. Well, what? Why do you love theater? What? What? I mean, is that just something you've done for? You know, what well, brought you there? So I struggled a lot with social anxiety. You wouldn't think it, would you? No. To be honest, no. Actually, I mean, like being entirely honest, when you speak on TikTok, when you engage in such a space, I would thought you have done it your entire life. I I struggle with it hardcore. Like, even to the point where it's hard for me to go into a store and buy things because I'm like, ooh, anxiety. And theater helped me a lot with that. It's weird, but I just decided one day, hey, 
I'm going to do this high school play. I'm going to face my fear. And when I get on stage or TikTok, I don't have that fear. That's, I mean, I mean, I, I applaud the method. You really go straight into the shit of it. That's, that's, that's far greater than I take when it comes to like my social anxieties. I hate people. And that's yes. to the point that when it comes like, I was so grateful for the cultural shift that was represented by coronavirus. Don't get me wrong. Like I love, I love my people. I love the cool people. I love the people who are worth liking, but that's all the others. It's the majority, the masses, which I have a tendency not to groove. So what they just, I, I lock up. So when things changed, I was like, introverts satisfied but you really you took the opposite approach you you really dove into it. how old were you when you really start when you started that uh ooh, it was like junior or senior year of high school so peak adolescent yes how did you what did you run into when you started that when you was it easy how did you overcome the fear of no. like stepping into the light because that's the part i can't get past maybe it's sort of a method actor thing like, if I'm on stage playing another person, I'm not me anymore. I'm not feeling Blair's anxiety. I'm feeling what this character is feeling. I like that. So it's almost like, a, you know, you're going into the DID. And it's it's a bit of, like, you know, inherently, or DID, is it? Dis, disassociative identity disorder. Yeah, that. Yeah. Inherently, you're just, you're clinging into a different space. What's been the favorite role that you're, you, you've played? And by favorite, I mean, let's look at two aspects. One, I was going to say most comfortable, something that you could just do easiest. But likewise, I would say one that brought you the most change, healing, or internal dialogue between you and this character. Ooh, good question. Uh, most comfortable, I played... <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but uh, I played this uh, writer who was also a coke addict. And... <laughs> It was, it worked for me. It was comfortable. I could just kind of go crazy and be weird. <laughs> it gave you that ability to like hyper into the, the one side, but at the same time, you know. Right. It was <laughs> the conspiracy persona, sort of. I was just bouncing around saying crazy things. It was fun. One by monkey. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of snippets. And, uh, the most challenging, I did the normal heart. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not it's particular. a play about the AIDS epidemic. Oh, wow. From you really like emotional pieces. I'm starting to sense a trend. I do. I do. That was really challenging. I played three different characters. One was a bigoted guy. The other was someone who was dying of AIDS. And the other was a flamboyant gay man. And I played all three of those. And it was it was weird. It was tough. Yeah. Just switching between those characters was tough. I mean, that you've got three really polarizing yes. forms. I mean, that's that had to. So, are you dealing with different costume changes, or is this all internal? Oh yes, costume change changes the whole nine yards. Voice changes. Wow. So, do you feel what? I mean, did was do you feel like that was a that was therapeutic? And how like yeah. going into that difficult that difficult change and switch absolutely yeah it was therapeutic are there any moments in time in your and your active everyday life where you've had to make similar like dramatic shifts or changes hmm. somewhat um 
I put on kind of a different face with family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my more conservative, more narrow-minded family members, I don't exactly, I don't take on their views or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very quiet. I'm reserved. You're I very myself. of their views. I don't want to cause a scene. <laughs> sometimes I do. Kind of sometimes you. I break. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes I'm, I let something slip. I'm like, actually, <laughs> go into something, and they're just like, oh, filthy. Damn Freemason ruin the world. Yes. Yes. What would you describe as? I mean, what? What? Okay, so what? What agitates your spirit enough to make you kind of break that social? Like, I know for me, it's, it's difficult to say shit to anybody. So if I rose to a point of like speaking up, usually there was something that triggered it. For you, what do you find to, you know, kind of bring that on? Specifically, hating people mm. for their differences. I have family members who have said racist things, family members who have said homophobic things. And I'm just like, okay, no, that's none of that that you just said was true. That's just your your feelings, how you're raised coming through, that's all it is. And mm. that that breaks me. So on an individual level, when there's a line, right, where we feel called to stay quiet, to be considerate, and then likewise, and I'm going to say, you know, air quotes on considerate, because some people have different views on what it means to be considerate. How do you feel like the individual, especially young, potentially radicalized men, um, who are experiencing all kinds of things in a very turbulent society. What can they do to help them understand where that limit and that line is on inherently when it's important to be silent and obey what I would say the word of the master, meaning that predominant power in the situation, or to become the master and to stand to have your voice heard? How, do we, how, how would you encourage or what can we do to help find that point? When to, say, when to stay silent? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's going to cause bodily harm to you, perhaps. Are there any causes that are worth standing up in spite of that? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, yes. How would, you, how would you classify those? Or how, how, would I, how would I, as the individual, find them? I don't know. I think it would have to, I would have to be in the moment. I would have to be there. Because I could say, you know, speak up if unless you know someone's gonna harm me for it but then i might just do it anyway i might act differently than i speak or it might be the opposite i might say okay you need to speak up all the time about these injustices but then if if you're nuts or in a vice maybe maybe i wouldn't I don't scream know. and say nice <laughs> pineapple sorry <laughs> Yes, this is fantastic. Pineapple. Red light. Red light. Yes. <laughs> oh, yellow light. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Proceed with caution. I can tell you've been on the depths of TikTok. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> oh, you naughty boy. This is fantastic. 
so let's look at that let's let's go into um you know i'm going to say a further aspect of let's look at the christian example because that's one i feel like we can meet on a similar space with that with most people it's ironic we can say start using christian analogy and both piss a lot of people off because it's going to be so familiar that they have to understand or that to disagree with it is deeply uh, invocative of some personal dialogue when we look at christ when you look at the example that he teaches on you know to speak inevitably he he underwent you know incredible austerities and incredible punishment torture torture and martyrdom as it's written within that book all for his word all for his example and he gave such interesting orders to his apostles to those who followed him to take nothing you know ask for nothing effectively outside of a place to stay these are crazy ass requirements when it looks at the you know the example of an idealized man and the individual self how do we rationalize a world and society which chooses us versus series of versus system of faith which always chooses the collective because you talked about in just a moment ago that it's kind of you know you got to take the moment christ spoke one way and he also acted that way again according to the book or not say opinion just in the analogy he said turn the other cheek and he also turned the other cheek you know he allowed those things to occur he didn't just flip he didn't fall into his human side what motivations do we use and how do we rationalize when we can't make that decision when we can't choose everybody else over us i don't know <laughs> i stumped again that is uh I don't know. To relate it back to masonry, we all have our table toes. Yeah. Uh, and it's different for everybody. Some people can risk more than others. Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> because there is a universal sense of good. And I'm going to pull from Eastern philosophy now, bounce around a little bit. I mean, technically, Christianity is technically from Eastern, but whatever. You know, well, I'm going to say a little bit further east. <laughs> Uh, you know, looking into some of those places where there is a collective good, there is a unified defined form that there is, you know, this is almost like a monotheistic approach. It is to say to value others over yourself, over not over yourself, let me clarify, but inherently, you know, the collective good is always greater than the individual, you know, or the individual's choice. Where I have a few friends who would argue with you. <laughs> Well, let's talk. I mean, what, 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 where is the, what is the main argument point for collective over individual? I don't know. One friend in particular of mine, he's, he calls himself a anarchist. Mm, I like that. Term. He believes he should, we should demolish government as a whole. He's one of those. And that the individual is more important than the collective. I mean, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the, 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 the particular teaching. Uh, I studied uh, Levian Satanism for a bit, uh, and that was, it's a very similar running thing. Is like, you're at the center, your experience, your pleasure, whatever is, is highest. Do you, what do you, I mean, what do you think when it comes to individual experience or collective experience? I believe it is very much a balancing act. I don't think you should go to one extreme or the other. I don't think you should sacrifice everything about yourself for the good of the whole, mm -hmm. but then you don't want to be selfish either. I like that. I mean, it's fair enough to say that within the body, there's specification for good reason. Within nature, we have systems and cycles which are all supported by diversity and unique diversity, not a bug that can do everything, not a virus that is unendable, unstoppable, unconquerable. You know, everything is bound in 
in balance. So how do we find that balance? What do we, and a lot of people say, and there's, everybody has different approaches, but for you, how do you get to that balance of understanding collective good versus yours? Again, I think it all comes back to communication and empathy. I mean, that's the crux of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, because if you're selfish and you think that your way is 100% the right, right way, and this other person, well, they're doing it wrong, and I must correct them. Mm -hmm. If you had a little more empathy and you understood where they were coming from, maybe you wouldn't. All right, so let's go, so let's go deeper. What about when it's you? You know, there's different parts of you. There's different, you know, there's, there's the, True. the physical, the flesh, there's the mind, the rational, and the emotional. There are all of these different parts, any numbers of bodies by different faiths that drive you to be you. When you have difference within yourself with what you feel versus what you want versus what you know, how do you find neutrality or how do you, how do you start that communication? Just start with some good old self-reflection and meditation. How do you meditate? Uh I just kind of, I sit and I, I try to block everything else out and I can't really do the full on, oh, I'm going to go into a dark room and I'm going to have candles and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, oh, I just try to do it on a micro level. Just take a minute. If I have some time, just breathe and ground myself and wait a few moments and then go back to my life. And then run back into the madness that is the matrix. Yes. yes. I have to do that sometimes between clients at work. I'll have someone come in and it'll be a depressing hour. Mm-hmm. They will talk about all this abuse and trauma they have. And before I get the next person, I have to flush that for a minute. I have to sit down and concentrate and get rid of it because I can't bring that baggage into another the session. Next yeah. That's, I mean, God, you really, you, you want to talk about a shadow worker. You want to talk about somebody who takes a lot of personal toll. So this is just, this is, this is just me talking to shooting the shit. Make sure you, you are regularly, and let's ask about how you're regularly, how do you take care of yourself on a psychic, on an emotional, on a mental level, psyche level, when we talk about the incredible shadow work, the incredible meaning, you know, shadow workers are inherently people who are willing to go into the emotional war zone that is somebody's mind. And and start listening, you know, not trying to change shit. That would be easy. Not trying to manipulate. That would be easy. You were just trying to listen and to hear and to, and to create this, this safety. But that puts a unique personal toll on you, being that ear, being that voice, to connect understanding, consciousness, and change into the unconscious, the dreaming, and the traumatic. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you heal and recover from that? I mean, you've been doing this now for quite some time, and you have goals to continue doing that as a master's degree focus. So how do you do it? Compartmentalize. <laughs> and, I mean, using positive coping skills, throwing the lingo out there. Not coke? No, not coke. <laughs> I think that would have the opposite effect. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Just raise my anxiety through the roof. <laughs> I'm with you. Just, yeah, compartmentalize. Uh, keep everything separate to where it doesn't affect you. 
Well, I mean, it's inevitably, it's, it's going to affect you in some way. Mm-hmm. You can't escape that. But reduce the effects. Reduce the harm. How do I do that? How do I draw that line? You know, I care so uh-huh. much. I'm, I hear my friend telling me this story about this relationship that went very wrong. And I really care. Care enough that I feel slightly compelled, maybe possibly, to say something that maybe I shouldn't say. Maybe I, I, I want to start towing that line a little bit. How do I? You have to understand that you cannot make decisions for them. You have to understand that the ball is in their court, not yours. You can listen. You can offer advice. But they have to want to change themselves. It's like the old jokes. You know, uh, (laughs) how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? (laughs) Well, the light bulb has to want to change itself. Oh, God. I I know you're a dad now. That was your dad dues card. (laughs) I'm fantastic. All right. So I'm going to run with that one. Okay. So how do I, what happens when, again, it's me, when it's these different parts of me who don't want to change? I'm still smoking a cigarette. I'm still four bowls in. I'm still eight shots back. It doesn't matter that I have a high logic. I understand it. The dipshit driving the vehicle still drinking. How do, how do I accept, how do I go through what you just described with myself? <sighs> Sometimes you can't. Sometimes your base self overcomes the logic. It happens. I mean, it happens with me. I mean, I I have struggled with depression, anxiety, uh, using negative coping skills I have. And sometimes I can overcome it. Sometimes I slip right back in. How do you it's feel important. your traumatized intel- intellectual self that watched you yeah. fail, yeah. watched you? Burn. Like, I have the knowledge to take care of myself. Do I always use it? So you have to understand that you are still human. You are not perfect. You are going to make mistakes, but you cannot let those defeat you. Is that what it, so is that what it means to be human? That we will fail, that we will make mistakes? Fighting. Always keep fighting. Who are we fighting? Yourself. <laughs> Good answer. Yourself, man. <clears throat> Got me all emotional. You are fighting again. <laughs> that other side of yourself that you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. why do you feel like we are personally in confliction with ourselves inherently i'm me right i am you or not you i am the different bodies i'm the whole house which they're sitting in at least on one level because i can perceive them that may not be the factual evidence in the end when that trigger gets pulled but why are they fighting Shouldn't there just be one reasonable, you know, one rat? Should, shouldn't there just be one motherfucker driving the steering wheel? I think it's the nature of the brain. Um, if you want to look at Freud, you know, the id, the superego, the ego, there is a, we are animals. Mm-hmm. There is a base desire, like, just to eat and have sex and think for ourselves and fend for ourselves. It's all animal. Mm-hmm. And in our polite society, you got to make compromises with that self. Yeah. You can't completely overcome the animal instincts and your emotional brain. You can't. You have to find compromises. That's, I mean, and unfortunately, that's validated by our collective's, you know, 
damn sum of you know philosophy or, or study of the mind. They, they definitely affirm that. Why can't I accept it? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> He's like, God, because quit with the fucking questions. <sighs> well, I mean, same reason you probably enjoy Freemasonry, right? It's self-improvement. It's Ooh. trying to build yourself better. Ooh, I like that. We're all we're all flawed perfectionists, and if we would ever arrive at the goal by which we perceive, then it would be done, and that would create it. I, I like how the haters like to say, oh, you think you're better than everybody. No, we don't. Yeah, we're no. just trying, man. We're just trying to do better. <laughs> we're not saying we are better. We're saying we're trying to do better. Well said. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, well, then why do you? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you seen, I mean, you've been to church. You've been to church. It's a house of God. How many people in there look like God, act like God, be like God? Just, just real quick question. No, none. Hmm. Certainly, the dude up on stage with the big old light on him. But that's certainly while the lights on. Now, before I, I, I yeah, poor guy. He's probably like actually sweating under a tinfoil hat. Actually, no, I haven't no? even noticed it. <laughs> nice, nice and refreshing. Well, that's the benefit of the five G uh, resistance technology. Had to plug up my phone there oh. before it dies i'm sure it's low yeah no worries i realize we're kind of running up on that mark well so let's do this let's look at it like um well you know i'll, I'll see us with my questions and i will i will turn one to thank you so much for coming on the show with us for answering all of my 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 very very ridiculous questions for joining me in, in not only theology theory but beautiful fraternal conversation i'm incredibly appreciative of that what can we do to highlight you how would you like to send our viewers off today Oh, man. Dr. Phil, final thoughts kind of thing? Dr. Phil, final thoughts. Uh, love and understand each other. If you do not understand somebody, if you have hate in your heart for any group, try to learn about them more. Like, okay, if you hate a certain religion, you think that they're all bad or they're all terrorists or something. Read their books. Learn from them. See that they are not a monolith. I'm gonna build on that because I've got to, yeah, because I think that I think that's exactly it. You know, if they're your enemies so much, if you really have so much animosity, learn their secrets, get into them, get in neck, get into their churches, get into their house, get into their space, love them, understand what makes them move. Why do they move that way? Why do they view it like that? Learn, educate yourself, fools. We ain't about no ignorant thought. Mm -mm. Nope, that's not how we do it. So. With that, Blair, brother, I'm going to go ahead and end this recording. We're going to take it off. I bless you. Bless you for your time. Thank you for spending it with us. This is going to be, make sure you check out Psychonaut Agnostic over on the TikToks if you want something educational, entertaining, and best of all, 